Whoops. You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome into episode number 19 of The Accidental Leader. I'm your host and fellow accidental leader, Bo McDonald. As always, I want to thank our sponsor, Your Marketing Company, for making this podcast possible. With Your Marketing Company, it's outsourced strategic marketing, outsourced strategic planning, websites, branding. You can find us online at yourmarketing.co. That's your marketing, Y-O-U-R marketing.co. So, Reflection, back to episode number 18. We talked a lot about fear. How do you deal with change as a leader? And that was probably the second time we've... Actually, probably the 18th time we've talked about it on the podcast. It's a recurring theme. It's one of the biggest issues that that accidental leaders deal with. But back in episode number 18, our very last episode, we talked about change. Why as leaders, we don't want to change. We choose not to change. And we choose sitting in this comfortable place instead of the better place that we could be. And one of the biggest ways that I've found to be able to get over the fear of change, change and just fear itself is having a good coach, is having someone that can talk it out because you can get in your own head as a leader. You can real quickly go down the, this rabbit path of of fear and destruction and just how bad things could be. And it's usually never that bad. So having someone on your side that can ask you the questions, that can lead you through things from a, a fair perspective as a leader is one of the most important things I think you can do. And our guest today is one of those folks who has that knack for being able to ask you the questions, being able to lead you through tough times, being able to to lead you through building a culture and building an, a healthy organization. Our guest today is Denise Hockendahl. She's the executive director for Inspire Culture First. Three, two, one. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com. Courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company and Uncommon. Denise, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bo. I appreciate it. So now, Denise, you said this is your first time ever being on a podcast, right? It is, absolutely. So we're going to take it easy on you today. We're going to lead you through this. We're going to make you look like a rock star, the rock star that you are, because I know you. I've I've worked with you. I've got clients that work with you. So uh, I know what you're capable of. And I want to get all that stuff inside your head. I want to get it out because there, there's some valuable stuff in there that as accidental leaders, uh, we, we really need. And one of the first things, one of the first places I want to go with you, Denise, leading an organization. This is one of the things I know you say often, you, you don't just snap your fingers and, and become a great leader. It's like when folks <laughs> get that leadership title, they're like, now I'm a leader. Now I've got to tell people what to do. I've got to get things done. And and while that's noble and, you know, perhaps a piece of what should happen, not necessarily where you start or how it happens. Tell us a little bit more about that, that thing that you encounter with, with accidental leaders, the first time leaders that they're they're coming out and trying to do this leadership thing. 
It's no, that's a great question and a great place to start. So as you're asking this question, I, I looked at it from both perspectives, meaning the person that is, we'll say, being promoted or is now that accidental leader, and they have that gear and headlights moment that you just talked about, and that fear and that elation and everything in between. So that certainly happens on the person that is now that leader. The other piece that I was thinking about is the person, usually a CEO or a C-level, who is the promoter, promoting that person. And sometimes it's in my experience that they have this misconceived notion that I am going to now promote, or I just promoted Mary or Joe. They're a great employee, and now they're a leader. This is awesome. It's going to solve all of my problems. And that's where roadblocks start, right from the time the promotion happens. You know, when I was younger, I saw this, and I didn't really know what I was seeing, but I can reflect back on this, you know, 20, 30 years later, when I was in radio. If you've been at the radio station the longest, you got promoted program director. But that didn't mean you were a good program director. didn't mean you were a good leader. I've seen some awesome radio talent in the past be promoted into that role. And, and what, I've, what I come to find with that is sometimes the best on-air talent should not be in leadership. They're, they're great at doing what they do, but they're not great leading people. They don't want to do it. They don't want to learn how to do it. And then on the flip side of that, some of the best leaders that I've worked for, going back to radio, maybe they shouldn't have been on the air. They weren't all that great, but they could take a team of people and put a vision together and communicate well, coach well, and lead them well. But it didn't mean that they should be doing the work. And it sounds like you, you see this often. I do. I do. And that was, that was a great analogy. And you know, you're using it from your radio days, you know, 20 years plus ago, I can see it in really any industry. I could take that example you just used and put it in any of my clients right now. And I have a, you know, I have primarily a lot of credit union clients, but I have other industries that we partner with as well. And, you know, what's the common denominator there? We're all people, right? We're, we're the employees. Um, there's leaders, there's followers, there's doers. And I think it's important that those will say at the, the C-level, you know, recognize what talent you have on your team and where, you know, does, you know, each employee fit in? What is their role? I think role delineation is a, a huge starting point when I work with a client. Um, you know, just because someone is given a title doesn't mean that, you know, again, that they can they can do what that title, you know, has the 27 bullet points of their job description listed. So I think it is important, definitely, that we look at their roles, we look at the people, we look at their char- character, their characteristics. You know, we, we take like an all-encompassing approach, um, but 100% agree with that. You know, one of the things as leaders, when we promote people, I don't think 
this goes into the decision-making process a lot. And it really should, <laughs> because I think about, I forgot what episode it was, but you know, you kind of talk about the ripple effect. You, you have a bad leader who makes someone's life miserable. And think about the impact, the lasting impacts of that on that person having to work for them, how that, how that messes with them mentally and even physically from a, a health standpoint. But then you think about the people in that person's family, they go home and they're miserable and they're not, they're not their best mm-hmm. spouse. They're not their best father. And, you know, the choices we make as leaders of, okay, now you're going to be in charge. How does that impact so many other people? Beyond just, you know, the balance sheet or the growth of the organization, which is a a totally separate conversation. It is. It is. And I think, you know, we as leaders need to be mindful of that. And it's it's an easy concept to either never recognize or kind of sweep it under the rug, right? Because truly most of us are are at work, I'll say, quote, unquote, air quotes, maybe, you know, in our, our, our jammies at home, but, you know, if you're remote, but, you know, we are at work more than we typically are, you know, in our personal lives. And so when you sweep as leaders, it under the rug, what is it? What do you find leaders sweeping under the rug? And what are the impacts of that? I think they lose sight of B, C, D through Z. So I think in their mind, you know, whether it's a beautiful, beautiful, you know, organizational chart with all the pretty colors and the, the dotted lines and, you know, they'll have that on paper or they have a notion in their head of what their organization needs. But what happened, you know, just by naming someone for your A position, how do we get them to execute with B and C and D and on the line. And what does that look like? That's not only how do they execute in their role that I'm promoting them to, but how do we give them the guidance and the resources, like you said, to acknowledge that there is a ripple effect, you know, how you treat your team, how you treat your leaders, how you treat your staff, affects everything it really does and i think sometimes that's that's it that gets swept under um i think the other big it which we alluded to a few minutes ago was we're not magicians but i think as leaders sometimes we think we are and we can't just snap our fingers and say voila i've promoted you now i know everything in my head that i want you to do execute Go for it. Do it. I gave you a raise. I gave you a nice office. I gave you a team. I gave you responsibilities. And it's deflating because it's that wah, wah, wah. When I talk to them, you know, a week or two weeks or it could be, you know, a month down the line or three months down the line, they're frustrated. That C-level person is frustrated because the person I promoted a month ago isn't doing what I want them to do. Why? And that's where it helps when I can talk to those leaders, those C-levels, the CEOs, the CFOs, and say, what's your plan? I know you have it on paper, but how are we going to develop that person? How are we going to professionally develop that person? They might be the best accounting person you have on your team, but how are we going to develop them as the person, them as the manager, them as the supervisor, them as the leader, whatever that is. 
you know, one of the points, this is very different, but, but I think on a smaller scale, it, it's what you're talking about. I could go back to three brands right now. I could look at Apple. I could look at Disney. And I could look at T-Mobile, mm-hmm. which have all had leadership changes in, in the last few years, where they've gone from right. some very dynamic leaders who knew how to put a vision together to lead people to follow that vision. And then a new leader comes in and they try to be that same person. And it just doesn't work. They come in and say, keep, keep executing this vision. But they, they don't really <laughs> identify that vision. It's not the same person. They're a very different leader. And, and then all of a sudden you have this, this huge cultural shift, good or bad. And, they're not really set up for success. They're just kind of thrown in there. And, you know, you're coming after this very mm-hmm. dynamic leader and, and you're almost kind of set up for failure because you're not that yeah. person, but you're expected to be that person and you're not really being authentic and things start to crumble behind that. Right. It is. And that's hard to recognize sometimes because you, know, you feel that you might have big shoes to, to follow, to, to fit in. But you mentioned being authentic, you know, being authentic to who you are. You know, there is a reason that you are in that spot. You are that next Disney executive or T-Mobile, like you said. Um, There's a reason that it was probably time for a change for whatever reason that may be. And you were selected. So look at my authentic self. Look at me here. And I'm sure there's fear, as we talked about, you know, in your opening remarks. I'm sure there's fear. Um, there's a wide variety of emotions, but you know, I'm here to do a job, and I'm, I need to come together. And it's going to be different. It, it's not the same, but that's okay. Change is change is hard, but change can be good. And change, especially with a lot of the clients that I work with, is necessary to take them to that next level, whatever they define as that next level. So we're, we're kind of talking about what leaders should be thinking. And I think for accidental leaders, their, their first shot at it, they, they may look at a, a Steve Jobs or someone like that, they, you know, a, a leadership 101 kind of person say, that's who I'm going to be. <laughs> and they see this outer <laughs> shell and they try to be that person, but they're not that person. And, and they think just right. reading a book about Steve Jobs, I'm going to be Steve Jobs. I'm going to be the best leader. And they fail miserably at it. I may be using this specific example because that may have been me 10 to 15 years ago, where I'm in charge of this company now, started this company, and now I have a couple people working for me, then I have more people working for me, then I have even more people working for me, but I don't know how right. to be a leader. But I think I am because I've, I've read Steve Jobs' biography. I can just do that. And it backfires immensely. You talked about HR 101, which... I'm sure most leaders, owners of company, organizations say, oh, HR, I don't need policies. I don't need processes. <laughs> One, yes, you do. Two, HR goes well beyond that. You kind of talk about you know, HR 101. And I feel like that's a, a good place for an accidental leader to start. What do you mean when you say HR 101? Oh, good, good question. So I think... You know, over my career in HR and leadership over, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to be uh, too specific, but 20 plus years, we'll say. The focus has definitely shifted 
and I'll put air quotes around HR, what HR does, what HR is. Um, culture, you know, and, and as we know, every few years, there's new buzzwords. But whatever, you know, when a leader comes into an organization and whether they're promoted from within or they're that, you know, say that new, uh, that Disney leader um, from outside, I think it's important to take a step back and really look at the organization or the area or the department, if you're, you know, a department leader or manager, you know, what, what's my role and where should I start? And you talked about policies and procedures and we'll go to handbooks and all those fun things that HR <laughs> can make look beautiful and, and uh, are necessary evils. But I think it's important that you need to know what's that infrastructure that's in place at your organization. Because it adds, I don't want to say a neat little bow around it, but it adds some structure and some guidance and I'll say parameters for me as a leader. So I think they're helpful or necessary again from a compliance perspective, but you know, I'll take an organization that I work with, for example, and they have an executive, a CEO that's been with the organization many years, um, 20 plus years. Successful organization, very low turnover. Um, so things are, things are going well, but it's now time to build and increase and get to that next level. And that means promoting those mid-level managers, which is great, fabulous. We've identified those mid-level managers. They have their roles. They have their new titles. And when I start out doing some one-on-ones with them and some group discussions, you find out very quickly they have no idea what their team's roles direct reports roles are. They really don't know how to interpret policies and not that they have to be, you know, the HR department, but um, they don't know how to coach and to mentor and to have difficult conversations. All of those, let's say those quotes, HR things, they, they don't know how to do it. And they're trying, they're darned it, but they're, they're floundering. But they don't want to disappoint that leader that's been there for years and saw potential in them. They absolutely don't want to disappoint that person. And it's almost a weight is lifted off of them when I say it's okay, you know, if you don't know something. It's okay. You know, we want you to take leaps. We want you to get out of your comfort zone. But... We need to start at HR, I'll say the 101, the HR boot camp. You know, you, you say you need people on your team, for instance, and you've never conducted an interview. That's scary. And you could be in a lot of hot water. As a side note, if you're asking, you know, say, non-compliant or illegal questions. Um, so there are areas when we are promoting or bringing on managers, even from the outside, that sometimes I think we as leaders as C-level or executive leaders assume that everybody knows 
and they don't. And that's where a lot of that HR kind of 101 comes into play. You know, I think back to a, a, strategic, a strategic planning session that I was a part of, not facilitating, but I packed up my leadership team. We went to Nashville. This was about three years ago. And I had all these grand plans, big ideas. This is where we're going to go. <laughs> and our facilitator, thankfully, is not a yes person. And as he started digging in, it's kind of exactly what you just said. You know, at that point, we were a, a 12 or 13 year old company. Mm-hmm. But we'd grown a lot and we hadn't grown into processes and policies and a lot of, you know, HR 101 things that you just mentioned. That if we just barreled through and started making some of these other changes I wanted to make within the organization, but we didn't start with the basics first. We didn't look at that as a place for us to, to think about if we're going to go to the next level and grow, do we have all of this infrastructure in place so that we can do it successfully without drama, without task saturation? Mm-hmm. And we didn't. And, and I kind of look back on that and think, you know, if, if I just barreled through and said, oh, none of that's important, we'll figure that out later. It may be minor things, but holy cow, if we didn't tackle that first, what a mess we would be in. Mm-hmm. And I see that a ton. It is really interesting. And, you know, sometimes it takes a few weeks, depending on the size of the organization and where they are. And sometimes it takes a few months, but that's okay. Because in the long run, I've seen some both ways. And in the long run, when you assess where you are, assess, you know, where you want to be and how we're getting there and plan it out. And part of that is that, you know, those HR 101 points, it helps. It really strengthens the, you know, that that team that you're working with or that individual. Um, and they feel more confident in their abilities. You know, I, I like a good analogy. And when I bought my house, it was about three years ago. I basically bought a kitchen on two acres. I fell in love with the kitchen. It's a professional <laughs> chef's kitchen. The rest of the house, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. So I, I've envisioned myself as this amateur chef. Promise you, I am not even close to it. But when I get in the kitchen and put the apron <laughs> on, I think I'm Emerald for just an hour or so. But it's, it's mass chaos. And it was funny. A couple of weeks ago, my fiance said something that, that impacted me, but, but I took away kind of from what you were just saying, you know, the HR 101. It was always a disaster in the kitchen. I was frantically searching for stuff. She said, before you start making this thing, why don't you get all the ingredients out and measure it and put it out? She's like, that, that's like cooking 101. I'm like, how many times have I failed miserably and created undue stress on myself because I didn't think of the basics first? I'm a high D personality. I'm going to make this thing and we're just going to wing it and hope for the best. We're going. We're, we're going, we're going to make this thing and something may be burning on the stove, but I've got to reach over here and get the butter. If I just <laughs> done the basics and took a little extra time up front, probably wouldn't have burned stuff, probably would have had an right? meal. And it, you know, as you were saying that, I, I went back to that analogy in the kitchen. If you had just taken time as an accidental leader to survey your surroundings, to set a good foundation, mm-hmm be a whole lot less drama. It would be a lot less drama and more efficient in the end and, and a smoother process. Absolutely. But we don't always do it that way. And that's okay. Again, we might get to the same result, might be a little burnt, but 
and, and maybe we won't get to the same result. You never know. But, you know, from what I've seen in dealing with companies over the last 20 years, 99 times out of 100, I'm going to say it is smoother when we kind of set the groundwork of where are we starting? You know, one company's ground zero looks very different than another company's ground zero, but that's okay. And we'll start from there and use that as a springboard. And again, you see the confidence in those leaders and managers, you know, really start to kick in because like I said, they don't want to disappoint. They don't want to fail. They've been promoted. They're great. They're supposed to be great. Well, why as the newly promoted leader, am I feeling so deflated day in and day out? So we want to give them as many tools as we can and resources but as a senior leader, we need to recognize that we have to give them those tools. So most people listening right now are accidental leaders. My guess is they're <laughs> in the middle of a mess because they didn't listen to this podcast first or this episode first. And they may feel like me in the kitchen. They're standing there or sitting at their desk. They've got three things burning over here, but they don't have all the ingredients out. What is your advice for, for an accidental leader who's sitting there in the same situation we were just talking about and, and could be avoided, but it's not avoided. They're in the middle of this dumpster fire right now. What is your advice to to get back on track and, and turn that around? Right. So we might not be able to put the fire out immediately, but you want to lessen as much damage as we can. So I think first and foremost is looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror and really saying, I'm in, I'm in the dumpster fire. What is preventing me from getting from X, you know, to Y even, one little step. So start there and be self-reflective. And I always say, you know, how do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Because it's overwhelming. Because as leaders, we usually are all over the place, typically. And we have a lot of great ideas and we know where we want to go and what we want to do. And we still find ourselves down in the nitty gritty. And that's where our mind starts to go with that chaotic cook, as you had said, that mentality starts to set in. But it's never too late to reset. I'll say draw a line in the sand, reassess. And whether that means starting little by little and looking at your team, looking at yourself, looking at your HR 101, those policies, those procedures, that infrastructure, whatever that may be. But start somewhere, because if you start somewhere today, you're one step ahead tomorrow. And there's that old adage, you just got to ask for help. You just yeah. got to ask for help. And that's so hard as a leader to, to sit there and say, I've been entrusted with this thing. And it, it's almost like taking away your power by saying, I need help. And, and so many leaders won't take that step and, and, and find either a someone like you to to walk them through that or calling a peer and saying, I know you've been here. What what did you do, man? What what can I do to get through this? It hurts to do that. It it kind of hurts the ego to to have to say it's an ego. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It is. It's an ego, uh it's an ego punch sometimes, but or I think some some leaders see it as as a failure. And it's not. It's being transparent with yourself. Um, I'm a big music fan and, and one of my favorite songs that really from you too. And I, I've listened to them for 30 years 
And it's one of their older songs that I just heard was, you don't have to go it alone. And it's true. So whether you, you know, utilize, like you said, a resource. Like, I was wondering where you were going tool. with that. When you said, I love music yep. and you relate that to a song, I was hoping it wasn't going to be take this job and shove it. <laughs> it was not, I promise. <laughs> no, because you don't want to get to that point, right? You don't want to get to that point. You don't want your people to get to that point. Absolutely not. It, it, it doesn't have to get there. there no, and they're going to remember you as is not a great leader if you get me to a point that I have that song in my head. So, Denise, we talked a lot about um, the accidental leaders that are listening right now. What can they do? I want to know a little more about you. You're in this position where you're you're coaching leaders, and I want to know, you know, if you go back to episode number one and number two, I talk about the two Johns. Who is an influential leader in your past that that you channel right now? One for yourself to be successful, but two, maybe someone you quote often or, or someone you tell stories about to, to inspire and say, this, this is who you should be. Tell us about that leader. Who was that for you? It's interesting. You're, you're saying that and you use the word inspire, which is funny. That's, uh, you know, that's why we have inspire culture first here. I'm smiling because I, as soon as you asked me the question, I thought of a particular leader, a credit union, credit union leader that I've known for probably 12 years. And he's someone that will always push you in your role once your input, but is fair and will always have your back. And I look at where I was in my career 10 years ago when I was reporting with this person and where I am now it's a it's a it's a new me it's a, a definite new me and it's because of what a solid and strong leader he is and I think you asked me the flip side I had someone in those years as well who I think had all the capabilities of being a really strong leader as well and had that ego issue that you talked about and it was her way or the highway and really started to deflate and disempower. I'll say may honestly. And you talk about how that has a ripple effect that completely burst my confidence. It completely rippled into my family life and it was one of those where you don't want to get up and go to work so i've had both and i've had people in between as well but they're the two that really stand out and um you know it was almost you know what you don't want to be as a leader and this happened later in my career you know i because again like you said you think you have it all figured out when you're starting out you know and you have people under you you're a great leader. I'm wonderful. And I hate to tell you, you're not, but you have to realize that. You know, it's, so, it's um, one of the reasons you know. why I started this podcast when, when you talked about the ripple effect and, and you, you're not just talking about the effect, you're talking about that feeling because you felt that. And, you know, it's important to me on this podcast, we can talk strategy, we, we can talk a lot of stuff, but the most important thing is how your actions impact others 
as a leader and how it impacts their family life and 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 so much more that you know one one yeah. action as a leader could have such a ripple effect of consequences for for so many other people and I, I think it's important to remember that and and why you should be investing in yourself and you know I always say progress not perfection I, I wish I could say you know 15 years in I've realized a lot about myself and and I'm a better leader and it's true I think I hope but I'm not the perfect leader there, there's days that I'll, I'll wrap up my day and just shake my head and think oh I I blew it I blew it. I wish I could have a do-over on that. Right. But the fact that you wake up the next morning and you're rejuvenated and you learned and you were self-reflective, I think that makes us stronger in the end. It really does. And it, it might sound hokey or, you know, we're talking feelings, but it's the truth. You know, that we're all people. We all have feelings. We all have obligations outside of our role, outside of our employment but they all intertwine. So Denise, before we wrap up, I, I've got to ask, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't give you this opportunity because I've seen the, the impact that you've had on, on some other leaders and, and their organizations. Tell us a little bit more about Inspired Culture First because you know it, we've been talking a lot about these solutions and things that accidental leaders can do. And it's really what you do at Inspire Culture First. Tell us a little bit more about that organization and and give us your information so people can reach out if if they've been inspired. Uh -huh. All right. How many times did you get that? If they've been inspired by this podcast. I love it. Thank you so much. So as you had said, I'm the executive director of Inspire Culture First, and we are a human resources and talent acquisition QSO. Uh, we are based outside of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Um, we are entering our fourth year, which is exciting. Um, we're actually wholly owned by Inspire Federal Credit Union. And I'll say the leader that I talked about very positively, um, he brought me on um, and increased my responsibilities over the last 10 years in the credit union, um, in HR in leadership roles and had the, I'll say, confidence in, and faith in me and a few years ago to, to form a QSO. So that's what we did. And yes, we help credit unions as well as non-credit unions in, across the United States um, with coaching and mentoring and training and developing and, and really everything we talk about. That's what I love to do. That's, that's, that's and love it. The other piece is we do that HR 101 piece that we talked about. So it's those fun handbooks that are compliant and the job descriptions and the do's and don'ts of HR. Um, so we do all of that as well. Um, but it's fun. It's exciting. No, you can't say no day is the same, but no hours the same, which I love. Um, but in the end, the common denominator is the people that, you know, I partner with the companies that um, engage us, you know, trust in us. And I really become an extension of their team. You know, I, they'll send me pictures of, you know, births and, and birthdays and, you know, milestones in their life. And it's just, it's so fun to, to see and to be a part of that and know that I'm helping in hopefully some small way. You know, I, I would sum it up as, 
is this is an external leader. It's something, it's probably hokey. You've probably seen it before, but it was very meaningful to me. I, I saved it on my desktop when I saw it because it, it was so me, unfortunately. And it said something like, you know, when I was young, I tried to change the world, but now that I've matured, I'm changing myself. And, you know, as a leader, <laughs> I, I would always look at, why are these people not doing this? And, and as I've gotten older and matured as a leader, I've realized, wait a minute, I maybe I should look at myself first before I start pointing these fingers and saying, why, why are you a, a bad person? Am I a bad leader? Do, do I need to do something here? And I think, you know, Denise, what you do and what Inspire Culture uh, first does is exactly that. And so I, I'm just so thankful you took some time to, to join me on the podcast today to share a little bit more about the work you do and, and have this conversation. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for including me, inviting me. And I just love it. I love what I do. I can honestly say every day I wake up and I, I with a smile. Denise, give us your email address and, and how you would like folks to reach out to you should they, they want to. Absolutely. So I think the easiest way is probably inspireculturefirst.com. There is a contact us page. So that's probably the most efficient. My last name is way too long. So <laughs> um, inspireculturefirst.com. Please reach out. I'm also on LinkedIn, Denise Hackendall. And uh, I'd be happy to connect and uh, provide any insight. I love meeting new people and hearing stories. Awesome. Denise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the Accidental Leader Podcast. It's going to put a wrap on episode number 19 with Denise from Inspire Culture. First, joining us today, talking about those HR 101 things, those those boring, silly little things that you think you could just bypass and go to the fun stuff. And uh, soon enough, as an accidental leader, you're going to find out that's not a thing. Thanks once again for tuning into The Accidental Leader. We'll be back in about two weeks with another episode of The Accidental Leader. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company, and Uncommon.